Today, in episode 10, we take on a financial boogeyman that impacts absolutely everyone. We're talking inflation. And sorry folks, but it's here to stay. Josh will break down what it means in user-friendly economic terms, while I ponder what it means in terms of bacon? Tune in to find out why it all makes sense. And you no doubt have asked, why? What has caused this phenomenon? Well, Josh clues us in by sharing both the definition of inflation and its actual causes in a way that everyone, even me, can understand. As a retiree, count on inflation being a huge factor in your budget. And listen as Josh teaches you some tricks for hedging against the steady decline in your dollar's spending power. This is episode 10 of the Retirement Eagles Freedom Podcast. Your host, Josh Brettel, is the owner and founder of FSR Wealth Strategies. For the last 18 years or so, he's been helping people just like you thrive in their retirement. And me, I'm Dave, the co-host and Josh's longtime friend and financial project. I'm here to make sure Josh doesn't get too technical. I'm also here to keep things lighthearted. And now, that me, that you, that me, end this introduction so you can enjoy the show. FSR Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor located in Elmhurst, Illinois. Information and opinions contained in this audio have been arrived at by FSR Wealth Advisors. All information herein is for informational purposes and should not be construed as investment advice. It does not constitute an offer, solicitation, or recommendation to purchase any security. FSR is not providing legal, tax, accounting, or financial planning advice in this audio. These views are as of the date of this publication and are subject to change. You know what I liked last time? Recording live from the new FSR Wealth Strategies podcast studio. Retirement equals freedom podcast, episode 10. <laughs> I'm looking across the table at you. Yeah. And when we were in high school, you were our artsy friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember you used to love your your cooking classes. Sure and, did. you know, we all went off to college and you went to the Illinois Institute of Art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now you have this voiceover voice that is singing into the podcast. Mics. <sighs> yes. And Josh, earlier we were talking about maybe I do the introductions to your tax and retirement workshops. It kind of scares me a little bit with the podcast. We can edit things and I can tell you, no, that can't go in there. If you say something ridiculous, but in a live workshop, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about what you'd actually say. You will walk up and you will be just a hot, sweaty mess after I'm done introducing you because you'll have no idea what I'm going to say. These um, podcasts are, we have ideas that we want to talk about, but mm-hmm. they are far from scripted. Like they just kind of come out of our mouths, which yeah. is scary. Um, but those workshops that I do are rehearsed and really well planned and, and choreographed. And if you said something that threw me, I would be so <laughs> upset. <laughs> You know, I think the people that attend, they generally like me. I think they think I'm a hoot. A few times I've I've chatted them up while like walking into the restaurant. And at the same time, I'm like, I hope they don't think I'm the one presenting because then they're just going to be like, yeah, we're not going to, we're just going to leave. But I think me being there kind of loosens them up a little bit. You do have an overall friendly demeanor about you. Yes. I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Um, so... Another episode where I am not drinking Cometeer coffee. This is 
just regular K-cup coffee. But I'm interested, did your mom purchase Cometeer coffee? I haven't asked her. So for those of you that uh, follow our our regular subscribers, Dave has mentioned this coffee, Cometeer coffee. And, um, on pretty much every episode of the podcast, I think since starting in episode five or six, every episode since they haven't emailed you yet. Have they offering free coffee? Not yet. Well, my parents have started listening to our podcast and they drive back and forth to Michigan quite a bit. And, uh, last weekend I got a text from my mother that just said, uh, two things. I love Dave on your podcast. And nothing about me, nothing about anything else. And the other is, and I feel like I have to try the Cometeer coffee. So I did send her the link to buy Cometeer coffee. So I haven't heard yet if she's ordered it, but. uh, It's the power of the spoken voice, spoken voice, the spoken word. Does that sound sound too scripture? Like anyways, but um, Leslie, who writes her show notes, said something similar. She's going on a road trip and she's like. I think I want to try Cometeer coffee. <laughs> I'm like, all right, if I keep talking about it, someone's eventually going to buy it. Leslie, Dave will buy you some Cometeer coffee. <laughs> I will. Actually, you deserve it because you are amazing at what you do. <laughs> the fun thing is she'll be listening to this too. And no one else has any idea who Leslie is. But Right, right. Um, Dave, let's take, go back to the 90s again. And I don't know if you remember, but my I was lucky enough that – Right around somewhere in my 16-year-old year, my parents bought a used 1990 red Chrysler LeBaron convertible. You were the talk of the town. I mean, it had it was red. It had a white top on it, and the top was actually cracked where, like, the thing would roll back into it. Mm. We had white duct tape over it. <sighs> yeah. I loved that car. Legendary. Uh in fact, at lunchtime, I was a year younger than Dave and our other friends. And as seniors, they got to go off campus for lunch, and none of them had a car. And I would, uh, they would take my red LeBaron, and there was a point where one of them was riding through town, sitting on the back of it. And I, the car was noticeable enough that someone noticed them in this car, and they mentioned it to my parents. Mm-hmm. And that was like a lesson to me that – you know, you can't go anywhere in this town without somebody <laughs> recognizing true. you. And but it uh, is so true. And actually, our episode on market risk did we title that tax freedom in retirement? There's one one of our episodes about market risk is one of the I presented a whole the risks of Josh being friends with Dave, and one of them was me potentially driving your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never let you drive though, wasn't it? No, was, did Mike drive all the time? Yeah, he was, he was a much better driver. Much better driver. No, and you know what? That's true. They never betrayed your trust. They never yeah. handed me the keys. Which is kind of a miracle. Kind of a miracle. Well, they didn't want to ride with you driving anyways <laughs> either. But Fair point. This episode's about inflation, and which I'm sure everyone up until this point can probably tell five minutes in, yep, we're talking about inflation. So what we do, we get right to the point here. But um, <laughs> I'll never forget, my parents... I'm not going to, I mean, I realize how lucky I was uh, as a child, but my parents paid for insurance on the car. I was responsible for the gas. And so it was like the big, first big thing that I was responsible for paying for. And I remember, I don't remember if it was the summer of 16 year old year, 17 year old year, but that summer you could get gas at 89 cents a gallon. I remember that. And then it went up to 99 cents and Hey, that was kind of just what it was. It was. And, um, the other day I went to fill up my car at the Thorntons here next to our office 
And as I was pulling in, I'm talking to my buddy Brian on the phone. And I said, hey, I got to go. I'm going to fill up my car with gas. Brian Tilden. Brian Tilden. And uh, he says, oh, that's painful. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And no, we're lucky enough that you know you have a good enough earnings that you don't concern yourself with filling up gas. There's a lot right. of people that don't. Sure. And I said, well, how much do you think it's going to cost me to fill up my car? And I've got a, an accurate SUV. Premium? Or like um, a- I did put premium in yeah. just because the guy said it's better for the car. Sure. And he goes, 110 bucks. Oh, gosh. And dead to the penny. It was like 110 bucks and 16 cents. I was like, oh, my God. That hurt. Like, that was one of those, like, kind of get oh. you right, right there. I wonder if he knew exactly how much it would cost because he drives a Tesla. And so he's like probably laughing at all his buddies that have to pay for gas. He did say, you know, finally I feel like vindicated that I bought the Tesla. But um, he also owns a roofing company and has a fleet of trucks. So the Tilden roofing trucks eat a lot of gas. And I can only imagine what his his gas expenses increase. But even you've commented, Dave, like, hey, I don't mind coming to your office, but – you know, let's make it worth it because <laughs> exactly. all of a sudden it got a little more expensive to drive it. In fact, I'm picking my dad up from the airport and I am going to send him an invoice for gas from Glen Ellen to <laughs> O'Hare Airport. I mean, I love you, dad, but come on, man. I just, it's not cool. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about inflation and um, I graduated. We were recording this June 15th, 2022. Yeah, so. that's a good point. That, that's a good reference point here. Yeah. Uh, as we talk about that. And I graduated from the University of Illinois in May of 2003, so 19 years ago. Um, and I took a lot of economics classes, um, a lot of finance classes, accounting classes, and we talked about inflation all the time. In fact, uh, there was kind of a famous professor there, Professor Gottile, um, who taught Econ 101 and 102, or maybe 102 and 103, I don't remember. But they were every freshman, I think, in the entire college, entire uh, U of I had to take Econ 102 and 103 yeah. and he taught it and he would have this graph, this, you know, this supply and demand graph and he would talk about inflation using a graph and it kind of always blew my mind uh, what it was. And, and as you defined it real simply, inflation is the rising of prices. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gas going up, it's milk going up. It's all those things that we use get more expensive. Um, and, more expensive isn't bad if you're getting more quality. You know, people realize that, you know, if you want to buy good quality, you're going to pay more for it. But when the same gallon of milk all of a sudden right. goes up by a dollar, you, you start to you start to hurt a little bit. So, um, but what causes that? What is inflation? And I heard the world's, what I thought was a great simple example. And I've used it a few times. And Dave, I want to see if you get this, because if you get it, I'll know it's a good example. Again, I'm not sure if I should be flattered or humbled or angry. They all work. But um, so here, I want you to imagine on this table in front of us are 10 apples. Okay. Sure. And those 10 apples, honey crisp or those are my favorite. Can we, honey can we crisp. Honey crisp? They okay. can be honey crisp. Okay. But those 10 honey crisp apples are the only things in the world that are for sale. You physically can't buy anything else. Okay. Okay. And between you and I and the other people in this office, the only money in the world is a hundred dollars. So okay. there's only a hundred dollars. And the only thing you can buy are these 10 honey crisp apples. Okay. How much do you think each apple is going to cost? 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Yeah. Each apple is 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Now what happens if I took away an apple price to go up, price go up. It's going to be 12 bucks mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that is one of the two causes of inflation. 
you didn't get a new apple. The apples didn't get better, but supply went away. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Now let's say the same 10, 10 apples are here. And instead of there being a hundred dollars to buy it with, now you have $150. Okay. So there's a total of $150. How much does each apple cost? Right. 15, say, right. 15 bucks. Right. So now we're at 15 bucks. So that is an increase in the money supply. Okay. So again, we haven't changed how many apples we have changed the quality of the apples, but that is, that is what inflation, the, the price of the apples are naturally going to change there. Okay. Man, you got it. That means that, that example actually works. Well, I know. And I've, and, and honestly, you didn't give this example beforehand. So I had not heard this example before, but that really legitimately opened my eyes. Yeah. And, but if you want to think about economically, what's happened here, um, first off with the pandemic and all the supply chain issues we're having, supply is down Yeah, or it was for a while. It's catching back up, but you know, the supply chain, why are things going up? One is supply is down. I can't even get Sriracha at the store right now. Oh man. You without Sriracha. Oh, everyone's on edge at the Schmidt household. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully Cometeer coffee doesn't have any supply chain issues. No, 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 no. Or or the pudding cake people at market day. They'll have supply issues as soon as people start actually buying from them. Yeah, that is true. Okay. <laughs> but um, what caused the price? Why, why does the increase in money supply? And I want to think backwards here. Um, Dave, back in 2008, you weren't really watching world economics, I don't think, too much. But in 2008, we had the whole economic crisis, the Great Recession, if you will. I was at the bank, though, so I did. Oh, you were at the bank. Yeah. And you no, know, the banking back then that was our first big bailout as a country. And they called it the TARP bailout, T-A-R-P. And that's where the government went in and bought these, um, these quote unquote toxic assets off of the bank's balance sheets. And they spent $300 billion to mm-hmm. do that. Right. Um, and Congress debated that for months. I mean, it, I mean, um, if you, if you go back and you read some of the stories about it, they didn't think that was going to pass. And they didn't want to spend that $300 billion because they were worried about inflation. Sure. Um, but there was virtually no inflation after that. Okay. And then all of a sudden, they realized, hey, we, we spent that money and there wasn't any inflation. Okay. Well, now, since March of 2020 through really the mm. end of last year, yeah. we've added $5.4 trillion with a T. I mean – that is, and that was a straight dump of money yep. into our economy. Yep. Um, and so if you think about those same apples at the same time, we have taken an apple off of the table and we've increased how much money everyone has to spend. Mm-hmm. So inflation is kind of a normal thing. Um, when you do those two things, yeah. um, you know, our entire lives, we're, we're babies of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Our parents talk about inflation. They remember inflation. They remember the 70s and early 80s when interest rates were in the you know high teens, low 20s, and you know gas gas lines would occur and all that fun stuff. We have no recollection of that. Yeah. I mean, inflation for us has been really minor. Right um, now, the same is true for most people who are retiring right now. So um, we don't. You know, they don't. They're not used to this inflation. And there's a lot of people on fixed incomes. Um, Social Security gets an increase, inflation-adjusted increase. There's lots of pensions that get inflation-adjusted increases. And for years, they've been minor. Um, Minor is in like, what's an example of minor? Like 1%. I mean, there's been a couple 0% years. um, But inflation hasn't been there. And they haven't had the need to, you know, to do that. So, um, So what does that mean? Well, that means is, 
as people's assets have grown. So people 10 years ago may have had a couple hundred thousand dollars and today they've got a million bucks and Mm -hmm. they feel, Hey, I'm really wealthy. I've got a million bucks when 10 years ago I had a couple hundred thousand and they think, Hey, this million dollars can buy me all these things. Okay. Sure. Well, even if the market's not eating into their million dollars, all of a sudden the things they want to buy have gotten more expensive. Mm, Yeah. And so that's where inflation hurts because you haven't changed how much money you have. You haven't changed how much income you have, but everything you want to buy becomes more expensive. So um, my workshops I give are a lot about taxes and I talk a lot about how if tax rates increase, you know, it's the same thing as the market taking money away from you. This is kind of the same thing. Okay. Um, Money serves a purpose. Like, it's a tool. It's a tool. We've said that in prior podcasts, but it's not there to look at and be pretty. It's there for you to buy stuff with. Mm-hmm. And if all of a sudden you have to spend more to buy the exact same thing, your money isn't as valuable anymore. Yeah, sure. So You know what I find interesting with, with inflation? I read this the other day. Some of the big um, brands, like grocery brands, are starting to um, make smaller packages of the same product for the same price. So like example, let's just say a, a thing of pasta. Instead of being 16 ounces, it will be 14 ounces at the same price that people were paying for a pound because they're hoping it won't freak people out as much. Have you heard? Have you read this? No, but I mean, it's genius marketing on their part. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. And I'm going to guess most people will be okay with it. I don't know. I, I'm. It sounds weird, um, but conceptually it might make sense. I'm thinking all the recipes I have that call for one pound of pasta and all of a sudden I'm getting 14 ounces and right. I'm furious about it. Well, we're I think you and I could probably stand to lose a few carbs um, to uh, intake a few less carbs. That's true. So, <laughs> but I think the soda, I think soda brands are thinking about doing it too. 10 ounce cans instead of 12 ounce cans. I'm like, soda's just sugar and water. You really got to accommodate for inflation there guys. But who knows? I've said this in prior episodes, you know, never come with a problem if you don't have a solution to it. And uh, I'm not talking about a solution to inflation. I'm not going to pretend I, I know how to fix inflation and we all have our ideas. We're all armchair quarterbacks there, but what should retirees do? What should people do to protect themselves against inflation? And there's do's and don'ts as it comes to this. So the first is you want to own assets. You want to own physical assets because they're going to rise in price because of that inflation. So um, equities will usually rise in price. Right. Real estate, physical assets will rise in price. Things that that normally go up, but physical assets, owning them. Hashtag. Sorry, Joey, not crypto. (laughs) That's, that's unproven. Let's yeah, that's a, that's a, the crypto market's really taking a hit here. (laughs) Sorry, Joe. But you also, if you have debt and if you're comfortable with debt, owing people debt in a uh, high inflationary time is a valuable thing. And why is that? Because yes, you still owe them the money back, but if you owe someone a hundred thousand dollars, and that $100,000 today feels like $100,000. Five years from now, that may only feel like owing them $60,000 mm-hmm. because it gets a lot less less money back. And that's, for most retirees, it's not something you're trying to do. It really negatively impacts them. Um, but for some more um, high-end investors, there's some, there's some thought process there. Um, this goes a lot for companies. I mean, companies who are issuing bonds, which is essentially them issuing you debt, them owing you money, they like that in this time period. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I understand. I don't think I quite understand. Can you clarify something? Can you go back and say, why is it beneficial to owe people money? <laughs> that totally throws people. And that's why I say for most retirees, it doesn't matter. But let's say right now you owe me a hundred bucks. 
I owe you a lot more than that. And my wife just went, hey, don't knock it down there. Um, but let's say <laughs> for hypothetical purposes, you owe me a hundred bucks. Okay. okay. Right now, that hundred dollars to me means that I can take my family out for dinner. Okay. Okay. My wife and I can have a beer. The kids can all have chicken nuggets and fries and we, my wife and I can have a meal and we got a hundred bucks there. Okay. okay. And that's, that's what that represents. So essentially you owe me a dinner. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so let's say three years from now, you still owe me a hundred bucks. Sure. Okay. But the cost of that dinner has gone up now and it would cost me 150 bucks to mm. go out for dinner. Okay. Okay. That hundred dollars is no longer as valuable to me. Got it. So you've had use of that money over that time period. It's Got a really it. small example, but if you scale that with lots of zeros, people can use that to their advantage. Okay. So actually, let me give you an example here. Let's say you have a mortgage that you got a year ago, and that mortgage is 3%. It actually is. That's actually a perfect example. Yeah, a perfect example. And um, people want to pay off their mortgage. Let me pay it off. Let me pay it off. Well, right now, that 3% mortgage is probably really cheap for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't – I don't recommend people pay off their 3% mortgage because – now – the caveat to that is don't waste your money. Like you actually have to save it. If you're going to, if you're going to blow it on something else, yeah, pay off your mortgage. But if you have extra money sitting aside and if you had a choice of buying some sort of physical asset or paying down the debt, I'd buy a physical asset. Does a physical asset would it count? Cause I want to buy like a retro arcade machine for the basement. And Carla's like, no, is that what you're talking about or something? For the other podcast listeners, no, that does not count. But for Carla, yes, that really counts. Dave <gasps> should buy that retro arcade oh, You're going to send a text after this to her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's what I mean by owing people money. And that's why it's not a, a terrible thing to do. So um, I get it. Now, before you make the mortgage decision, talk to somebody who can help you walk through that. Because I'm not saying go take a mortgage because right now mortgage rates are much higher. Yeah. That same thing isn't true at 6 7% as it is for someone who has a 3%. Is that what they're mortgage. up to? Oh yeah, I mean, okay. there's some, they're up there okay. still. Okay. So, um, now here's what you don't want to do, and this is where I'm going to tell people this is the one thing um, that that scares me. Um, you don't want to have cash. Your cash becomes less yeah. valuable. Yeah. And you know, I'm running into this right now. Um, I have cash sitting on the sideline not do anything because we're going to do a, a home remodel coming right, up here. Right. And I've known about this for months, but I can't risk it. I can't put it in the market. I can't do what Joe does and put it in crypto because I can't risk losing it. But this home remodel is going to get more and more expensive. So my cash is becoming mm. less and less valuable. Now, someone like me who has a short-term purpose of the cash, it's okay. Right. But for long-term people who you know are thinking long-term with their assets, that cash is really hurting them. Same thing, you know, that hundred dollars no longer buys a meal. Now it takes one hundred and fifty. Got it. So, Perfect. Um, and you don't want people to owe you money. Mm-hmm. So uh, if people owe you money, like me owing you a hundred dollars, or you owe me a hundred bucks, it makes it less valuable there. Got so, it. Um, you know, there's some recommendations. There's some things you can do. Talk about asset allocation. Um, you know, right now, oh, you know, people owing you money is also bonds. So. We're not a huge fan of, of bonds inside of people's portfolio because a bond is essentially somebody owes you money. Okay. Um, we're not a huge fan of cash right now, um, but there are other options, other alternatives that are out there. So uh, it's really talking to someone and, and, and understanding your situation as it comes into play. But inflation is one of those things that you could ignore for the last 
two decades pretty right. much. Yeah. And you can't mm. anymore. It's here. And we, no one really knows when it's going to start getting back to normal. Right. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lot of talking heads who think they know, but they have no idea. Uh, yeah. they're, they're trying. I mean, they don't want this. The government does not want this. Um, but they also know that the way to fix it quickly is a lot of pain and they don't want to put people through a lot of pain either. Yeah. So, um, will we get back? Yeah, I think we will get back, but it's going to be a, uh, it's, it might be some time before we do. Got so, it. Um, you know, we're in the middle of June of 2022. I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here a year from now and we're still talking about inflation. Hopefully not as bad, yeah. but it's, it's going to be a while. But what are we at? 7% now? What is it? What's they just came out with the latest CPI uh, and it was over eight. Mm-hmm. And it was really the first time it's been over eight for many, many, many years, like maybe in our lifetime. Wow. So CPI stands for consumer price index. That's the measure of inflation they have. So well, I knew what the acronym stood for. You're, I just, know. you're just talking to everybody else who's listening. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Just like that. I'm so well informed. All right, Josh, can you, uh, can you hit that button over there? Dave relates to retirees. My scariest part yeah. of the whole show. You know, you always start talking, but you always miss the end where I say, yeah, do it again. Dave relates to retirees. Yeah. All right, I'm going to admit something right off the bat. I don't, I don't have a really good story for this planned. So if I edit this out, I edit this out. But should I, I be more scared than I normally am during no, this segment? Because this is 100 off the cuff, and I'm typically not good at these things. I was never good at improv. And back to my artsy days, uh, I guess I'd wear a beret into the local coffee shop and, and recite poetry in front of people. <laughs> no, I did not do that. You guys thought I did. I never did that. <laughs> I relate to retirees with inflation because I remember a time, I don't know, let's say pre-pandemic, 2018, 2019, where I would get a text from Josh and he'd be like, David, let's go have breakfast. David, let's go have lunch, maybe some dinner. And that would happen like weekly, monthly. And I would get just free meal after free meal. And it's because, (laughs) (laughs) it's because, let's be honest, Josh likes the advice that I give him. I help him with all things in his life, his relationship, how to be a good dad, how to run his business. He relies on me for that, that I advice. I promise, honey, I don't listen to <laughs> him. <laughs> and so since inflation started going up, I may get like a free meal once a month, maybe every two months. And it just, it makes me sad. And so I don't know, I don't think it's been... less in free meals since inflation. I think it's going to be like a 25% drop in free food and beverage that I've received since inflation. Now, that may be my weakest day relates to retirees, Josh. But can you somehow connect the dots here? I wish people could see me staring at you. Um, (laughs) It's a weak story. But you know what? I was sitting here thinking about it, and I had a a smart-alecky one-liner going about it. it had nothing to do with inflation more about like kids and we just don't have as much time as we used to yeah and that is part of the truth it's probably mostly part of the truth but i actually think in the back there might actually be something in my head with that where it's like hey you know a sushi lunch used to be 40 dollars, and now it's 60 and yeah we'll still do it but i don't want to do it as often or it, it maybe it makes me double think it sometimes be like no we're not going to do that today like so yeah you actually might have a valid point. Now, for most retirees, I'm not buying them meals as often as I buy you meals. <laughs> True, but you know what? And I'm, I, I felt kind of 
privileged and a little bougie for thinking this, but last time you did buy me sushi, I noticed that you didn't buy that appetizer that you usually buy. And I'm thinking to myself, man, old man Josh has gotten cheap at his old age here, but now I get it because that it might be a subconscious thing. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. You're like, I have a hundred bucks to spend on lunch. It used to be a hundred bucks. Now, if I want to get that appetizer, it's going to be 120. Ain't nobody got cash for that. So that's why. <laughs> <laughs> now I told Ain't nobody got cash for that. <laughs> and this, folks, is the Retirement <laughs> Equals Freedom Podcast. <laughs> but you're not too far off there. I mean, there's that. that is the impact of inflation. So people always know, like, why? how does inflation impact me? That's it. Things are going up. They're getting more expensive. And you may not consciously think about it. You may not consciously say, well, I'm not going to do that because it's more expensive, but you do look at it. I mean, I've had multiple conversations with people about people buying less bacon because bacon's become expensive. What 40-year-old talks about the cost of bacon? No, you're so right. Can I we we do Instacart with Aldi. Yeah. In the last two trips, we've gotten expired bacon. And normally I'd be like, oh, forget it. That's not even throw a fit, whatever. But now it's $6.99 for a pound of bacon. And I'm like, no, we're getting <laughs> we're getting our money back for that. Yeah. What an awesome story. I digress. Take it over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's the that's the crazy part. Like mm-hmm. it's that subconscious thought. And um, you know, I'll kind of wrap it up with the fact that inflation's here. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't think about it every day, you, it may be in your subconscious. And it's something that you have to plan for. You have to plan as you're planning out your income in future years and you're planning out your investments. Um, this has to be something that's taken in consideration in any financial plan that you do. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So Dave, yeah, mm-hmm. it's been fun to watch our, our downloads and our audience count grow yes. as we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, can we ask our audience a favor? I, yeah, I think, I think so. And this episode, if you've found anything valuable, uh, it could be Dave's reference to Aldi bacon, but uh, share this with one person and uh, let's, let's see if we can't uh, make the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast even bigger and maybe, uh, maybe Dave will actually get someone to buy some commentary coffee from him. Hey Josh, this is episode 10 and I do like where your head's at because you and I are going to start actually publicizing the podcast now actually do some level of marketing to your existing clients to people that we know because we have done nothing yet so i think we wanted to get to that number 10 and now we feel confident and i'm not saying we're doing any better but i know josh has done a great job of providing value me on the other hand well i could do some work but this is the nicest outfit you've put on since you've come here so and, and if if we do ever show video people can actually see how huge my legs are because you can see my legs in the oh yeah man i know you're in for a treat everybody yeah now you know what i wonder do you think my dave relates to retirees would be better if i just talked about all the bacon <laughs> it might have been uh episode 10 in the books dave yes it's a pleasure as always always josh and with that we say Bye.